oh man, I'm such a knucklehead. I, I can't get, seem to get this human thing right. Why is it so complicated? I wonder how I can try to make this right. Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, Consciously, welcome back. It's great to be here. It's been a while since we posted because we had the Jewish holidays and I really wanted to jump back in. Yesterday I was here in the office and I had such a hard time getting started and then I yelled at somebody that was somebody I care about a lot and uh, that kind of you know set me in the wrong direction and then I was just trying to recover from the whole holiday thing and then back in the back into life and it's Thursday and it's almost Shabbos and you know it was, it was just a mess but it's the end of se- September it's actually October 1st today and I owe you an episode and I have to try to make that right so I, I came in early and uh, hopefully this will be amazing before we get to all that uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I ask you to please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Share with your friends, Apple, Spotify, all those good things. Also, uh, take a look at our social media, The Light Revealed, on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also find me on Instagram at Menachem Puzz. Um, don't always post there, but uh, sometimes I do. And to reach us, you can definitely reach us uh, through Instagram. Uh, I don't check Facebook too often. Or you can just email me, us, consciously, the podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so a lot of things converging, which we're going to talk about today, the complication around that. It's it's Friday, uh, Parshat Shabbos Brashas, and which is the first kind of Shabbos of the new year of us beginning the Torah. We're also stepping out of literally a month of Jewish holiday, really six weeks, a very intensive operation, uh, and trying to get back into life. And we have a really nice stretch of five, six weeks of really just rhythm, which is amazing. But I wanted to get an episode in, in spite of kind of how harried I feel, because I've been doing a monthly episode series on the steps, and I owe you um, an episode. I'm also kind of very slowly clawing my way to 100 episodes, which is my original plan and goal. And I have a nice plan in place for the 100th episode, hopefully a really interesting guest host to join me, uh, which should be nice, and maybe share more about myself with the audience. That's kind of the plan. I don't, I don't know if that's going to work out. We'll see. Okay. But it's Parsha Shabbos Bracious. Parshas Shabbos Bracious. Shabbos Parshas Bracious. So on top of the sentimental value of our 99th episode and trying to like really get through and do right by giving you an episode on step nine in our step series, because it's September, uh, Shabbos Bracious is actually a really, really impactful time in my life. And, and Shabbos Bracious is an impactful time in all of our lives because it describes the miraculous, complicated nature of what it is to be human, that God decided that he was going to take, you know, energy that was completely Elyon, that was up there, the kind of energy that makes angels, mystical energy, and he was going to combine it with material energy, right? This world, he was going to put a soul into a body and that created human beings, and it's hard. It's hard to be human because it's hard to be both Tachton and Elyon at the same time. But God had a desire to have a, a dwelling space in the lowest world, and humans were the one who could make that happen. You know, a little bit of angel, a little bit of animal. 
But because it's so complicated to be human, we oftentimes make mistakes and we step on each other's toes. We hurt each other and we kind of mess things up. And actually, Bracious, the first two weeks of Parshas, of the of the stories in the Torah, there's tons of stories in this portion of the Torah, of the Chumash, um, is full of mistakes, some which were well-meaning and some which were not, but nonetheless full of mistakes. You know, God introduces the first thing he does in the beginning of this week's Parsha is he introduces light. And then light seems to go out of the world and all of the world seems to be plunged into a darkness, a chaos, right? It says that the world was chaos and then God um, brought light into the world, but then the world seems to be chaos <laughs> on top of that. It's crazy. Human beings seem to bring the chaos and we're constantly making mistakes all the way from Adam through Cain and Hevel, um, all the way till Noah, even Noah himself, who saved humanity by meriting to be in the ark himself, like kind of messed things up. And it wasn't until Avraham and Sarah came along and dedicated their lives to kindness that they were able to you know, change the trajectory of human history. And that's a significant point, not only from a historical vantage point, but even from a, or more importantly, from a panimi standpoint, from an idea standpoint, the idea that human beings left to our own devices, even with good intentions, will oftentimes mess up. And that the key for us to be able to live in a way that's elevated, to live in a space of both Tachton and Elyon, with those two competing energies inside of us, and to live with some measure of peace and serenity, requires chesed. Okay, but before we get there, Shabbos Bracious is sentimentally important to me because I experienced a moment, Shabbos morning, Parshas Bracious, 19 years ago, that changed my life. And, and it was interesting because it was just a simple question that was asked to me by the most important person in my life, and she kind of knew the answer to the question. Um, but she had the kindness to ask respectfully and allow me to lie. But because I lied to her in that moment, I think I was the most honest I ever was with myself. Maybe ever. For the, for the first time in my life, I was very real. And that changed everything for me. Forever. So first, I want to just dedicate this 99th episode uh, to my wife, Nami. One of the two most meaningful parts of this week's parasha it happens right away. It's literally Perak Bays. The Torah tells us that our spouses are the Azer Kenegdo, and that in spite of every energy inside of us telling us we must cling to our parents, to where we came from, that we must abandon that and launch courageously into the journey of building a life with somebody else. I've often commented to people, it's an odd thing. The Torah is in the middle of a narrative describing how God created man and the relationship between man and the animals, and then God's desire, the fact that man should not be alone, and it's not tov, lo tov heyos adam levado, and God decides he's going to give man a helpmate, an azer connecto, right? So he puts man to sleep, takes his rib, which is the other side of him, and then he forms this other being that's flesh from his flesh. It's a little, literally a piece of them. The other part of them, you, you complete me. And then the Torah goes on a little bit of an editorial sidestep right in the middle of the narrative. And it says, Therefore, a man must let go of his mother and his father and cling to his wife. I don't mean it means letting go like all the way, but to really allow oneself to be anchored somewhere else in another relationship. And that's a very powerful thing. So anyway, so just a big shout out to her. 
Okay, so putting that all aside, the sentimental value, the 99th episode, personally, Shabbos Bracious, the frog in my throat that I'm sure you can hear because uh, it's early in the morning. Um, yesterday, a really interesting thing happened. The the Or I just saw this yesterday. I don't think I saw it before. But the President of the United States dedicated September as National Recovery Month. Now, I don't know if that's a new thing. I'm not really sure. But it's an interesting thing. Um, and definitely would be interesting moving forward. And it talked about all the different forms of recovery. And here we are in step in September and we're up to step nine. And what we've been trying to do here is not, it's not a thorough study of the 12 steps, but just to highlight an idea from the steps and how that relates to everyone, to all of our lives. You know, the working with individuals in recovery in a professional capacity has really, you know, transformed my life and give me such wonderful opportunity and the opportunity most significantly to pursue and to try to absorb and try to reflect spiritual principles, guiding principles. So we, we can ask ourselves, what, what can we learn from step nine? So for those of you not familiar with the 12 steps, steps nine is may direct amends wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. It's the process by which a person, after they've been in the recovery process for a while, it's time for them to get off the couch, so to speak, as they say, and go out and try to make right the wrongs that they did. Because the entire process of at least 12-step recovery is the idea that if I'm going to live a life free from the perils of whatever addiction I'm struggling with, I'm going to have to live in an elevated way, live in a better way try to find a better symbiotic relationship between my elion and my tachton, my material-oriented self and my spiritual-oriented self. And that's going to mean healing my bruised and beaten spirit inside of me. And that can start with exploring and examining traumas and resentments, fear and all sorts of shame, all the other things that we talked about. But really, it kind of ends off before we launch into the living steps which we're going to talk about over the next few months of 10, 11, and 12, to like really try to make it right for others, to, at least to the degree that we can. So that's step nine. And it talks about making a direct amends, trying to mend harms and make things right. And it says an interesting thing. It says we should only do that wherever possible. Now, anytime you're talking about a spiritual process, wherever possible is really an important question to ask. Cause like we can't do everything. I was talking to someone yesterday and they were feeling kind of insecure about their Judaism. And they, they had a moment of clarity that maybe they're not living necessarily as much to the same degree up to their principles as they'd like to be. Cause it's, it's hard. It's hard to keep halacha. It's hard. It can be challenging, you know, and it's vast, you know, there's always a higher level. We can always take it to the next step. So on top of the fact that we're constantly making mistakes, we also have limitations. And when it comes to making up for the mistakes that we made in the past, there's a limit to how much we can make up for past mistakes. We can't make it as if we didn't do the things that we did. Now, we're as Jews, we're just leaving the, the period of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, which relates to the idea of Truva Tata and Truva Ilah, Truva Meira, Truva Ahava a repentance that comes from a place of fear or reverence and a repentance that comes from a place of love. And the idea that God makes it that that our sins literally become like merits because they are the things, as the Tanya, Tanya explains, that motivate us to do well. So if I did something wrong and then I reflect on it in retrospect and I realize that I did something wrong, that there's a powerful energy in the world where retroactively the thing that I did wrong becomes the motivation for the growth forward. 
So therefore, it becomes almost as if like a sin and in an, an uh, I'm sorry, like a like a mitzvah, like a merit, right? And and the truth is, when a person does tshuva on the highest highest level, it literally becomes like a mitzvah. You know, if you check out my podcast that I do with Rabbi Mayor Prager, I'm fortunate and blessed to to help out with Mayor Mayor Prager, who's talking about the idea that a that a bal tshuva, someone who's a repentant, you know, at least as it's seen through the lens of Pimias Torah and Hasidus, you know, he has the ability, the the, the bal tshuva, not in a proactive way, because you can't do it that way. It doesn't work, as Chazal explained. But in a retrospective way, the ability to take something that's literally, objectively, terribly wrong, that has nothing right about it, and create right from that. Because that wrong thing becomes motivation to do, for doing for doing good. And again, that doesn't work in the forward end. That That's actually a, a vast mistake that people have made throughout history. That's not true. You can't do a sin on the front end in order to apologize later in order to make the relationship better, let's say, in a human relationship. But by dint of the fact that we're going to make mistakes, if in retrospect you then can utilize those moments to grow to be better, those negative things actually become positive things. Okay, so that's that's wonderful. But that's a miracle, like in practicality. In human relationships, we can't control the fact about whether we ourselves can't control the fact about whether something that happened retrospectively in the past can go from being a bad thing to being a good thing. The other person actually, right? So God can do that, right? With us, we can do that with God. We can merit that in our relationship with God. And if, and perhaps as a parallel, but in human relationships, it really requires the other person. If the other person wants to forgive us and as the result or comes to a place in their hearts of forgiveness and we've done a true amends, then there's an incredible thing that occurs between two human beings when one makes a full amends and the other one makes a full forgiveness. And then there's a bond that's created that never could have been there before. And that's very, very powerful, but we have really, really no control over that because we can do the best amends in the world. And yet the other person doesn't want to forgive. They want to hold on to it. So what that means is part of the process of facing the fact that we are human and therefore we inherently are going to make mistakes is the fact that we're going to you know, bungle things up and we have no control over that. And we have to, what that leaves us with is a responsibility to do the best we can on our, to clean up our side of the street, to make the best amends that we can so that we can be the best person that we can be, but also knowing that we're limited, right? So there's a measure of self-acceptance in that. Anyway, going back to the point I was making before, you know, in life, there are limitations. And oftentimes the question that comes out, this is the conversation I was having with this individual. They were saying like, well, how do I know what to do? Because I've tried in the past and I've just you know, overwhelmed myself and then I burnt out and then I was less religious than when I started. Or that kind of often plays out in a diet, you know, in diet culture, so to speak. Um, you know, so like, what do I do? How do I know what my limits are? And that's a very, very powerful question. The ninth step gives a really interesting suggestion and the way that it's written, it says, um, may direct amends wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And this relates back to the point that I was making before. The Torah tells us that God made human beings and human beings set out to mess things up, not on purpose necessarily, in our quest for trying to live our best life, you know, from the beginning, from Adam all the way through Noah and beyond, even the door Haflaga, the, the door of the, the Tower of Babel, human beings were just trying to live their best life. Even the Tower of Babel, which they were, they rebelled against God. They, only, they rebelled against God because they were concerned that God would get in the way 
uh, which maybe we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, God would get in the way of their own peace, right? He would separate them. So therefore they built a tower to fight with God so he wouldn't separate them. So then God separated them because our fears create themselves, which is a powerful message. But human beings are super complicated. So we're going to step on other people's toes. But the only chance we have of living our best life, which was discovered by Abraham Avinu and Sarah, was chesed, was kindness, was thinking about somebody else. When you're thinking about the needs and well-being of other people, you're not likely to overstep the bounds. Now, I don't mean this in a way of like codependency, like stop thinking about your own problems and start thinking about other problems. But rather, as we've been talking about throughout this process of the steps, and we discussed this the last time, if you haven't heard step eight, it's worthwhile to go back and hear that. The process of the 12 steps teaches us how critical it is to develop a sense of compassion and a conscientiousness about life to think more kindly, more compassionately about ourselves and about others, to think about their needs, to think about what it's like to be in their shoes, and to have the humility to know that all I can do is the best I can, and I need to give them the space to maybe lie to us. I, can, I need to ask the question that needs to be asked, and maybe they'll lie to me, but maybe they'll also wake up and take a look in the mirror. And that I don't need to always explain it to them. I can allow them to have their experience. That if I think that I'm going to manage the whole deal, I'm going to get so wildly lost that I'm going to do the one thing in the most important relationship person told me not to do, as Adam did in his relationship with God. God says, don't eat from the tree of good and evil. Just don't do that. And he can't control himself. Why? Because he tells Chava that she shouldn't touch the tree. He takes matters into his own hands. He thinks he's going to control the show. And Cain and Hevel. Cain can't handle Hevel's relationship with God. He can't handle the jealousy. He kills him. A brother will kill his own brother when he's living life lost in selfishness, without faith, with a sense that he must be in charge, without the humble awareness that I am only but a channel of God's light into the world. But Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, they... They came up with a new idea. They said, you know, maybe we can do kindness, not only to other individuals, but even to the creator. Maybe it doesn't have to be about us. And we want to live our best life. God promises Abraham wealth and fame and children. And children was the most important part for, for Avram Avinu. He wanted to teach people about God. It's not that he didn't want to live his best life, but Avraham got that living his best life meant he was going to have to develop the capacity for kindness, or not to speak about this in a historical way, because Avram Avinu is beyond our comprehension. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, that's not the point of this. The, the story teaches us a spiritual message. The spiritual message is you can't get lost in yourself. And the reason why you, most of all you can't get lost in yourself is because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do it wrong until you do it right. And then you're still going to do it wrong. You just do it better than you did before. And that life is a journey of progress and not perfection but it is a journey towards perfection. It is a journey towards trying to be our best self and to live our best life. And we can only do that wherever it's possible. And we can only know wherever it's possible if we're not lost thinking about ourselves. If we're not lost thinking about what, I, what can I get out of this? If I just show up and do my part and let the process play out, then maybe, maybe remarkable things will happen. Maybe the whole world will change. And even if it doesn't, even if I make an amends and the person doesn't accept the amends, 
Their forgiveness doesn't allow the connection to occur between the two of us that's beyond anything we could have imagined. I at least know that I've cleaned up my side of the street. I'm not living and operating on borrowed time. I've done my part. I've done the best I can. I've been the best Tachton Elyon existence that I can be, and I've tried to channel the light of God from the highest space into the lowest space. Because he asked me to, and because I can. Welcome back, and have a good Shabbos. Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tzipora Basravaron. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback, so please feel free to email us or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Oh, my God.